Welcome to your Marriage is Your Ashram podcast. My name is Jenny Glick. I'm a relationship mentor and licensed therapist focused on guiding you to personal transformation and spiritual evolution in the ashram of your marriage. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. So glad you're here today for episode one of Your Marriage is Your Ashram. Let's get started. So today we're talking about what is your marriage ashram. Although so many of the women who I talk and work with certainly know what an ashram is, let's unpack that a little bit and see how you can start applying this concept to your life, your marriage, your relationship, your parenting, your work life, your entrepreneurial life, pretty much everything, right? In, in every way that you show up in this world. And so the definition, the traditional concept of an ashram is really a monastery or a hermitage, a place that people might go in order to become spiritually enlightened, to work with a guru. Classically, we talk about uh, going to an ashram in India and spending six weeks at the foot of your guru, right? (laughs) And having that time where you sit in meditation and contemplation and self-reflection in order to find more unity um, with the divine, with your own heart to dip into more love, more compassion, more connection with the world. And although there's certainly nothing wrong with spending that kind of time with a guru or a teacher or a spiritual healer or on your own journey path, for so many of us who have a more traditional Uh, experience of life where you might be married and have children and a mortgage, going and spending the summer on an ashram retreat is just not in the cards. And so for those of us who are interested in finding a similar kind of enlightenment, a similar kind of personal transformation, we can do that within the structure, the institution of our committed relationship, whether you're married or not. I use the term marriage and relationship pretty interchangeably because as far as I can tell, as I've been doing this type of work for over 20 years, any committed relationship will provide you the opportunity to open yourself more to love, to compassion. And I don't mean that in your head, right? We all know in our heads, we know cognitively that it's healthy and good and right to have more expansion in our hearts, right? Like that's not a new concept. However, how is it that we actually practice these concepts, these tools of things like presence, of going deep, of being anchored, of pivoting into our higher self? How do you actually do that when you've been up all night with a child who's vomiting or you're recovering from an affair or you have financial problems or you have an autoimmune disorder and you have to go to the doctor all the time and miss work when the usual things of life, the challenges of life come up. And in those moments, those real life moments, those are our ashram moments. Those are our moments when we are invited to not so much do something different, but access a higher level of our being. And What we will be exploring together every week through this conversation is how it is that we can drop more into the beingness 
of our human being and surrender the doingness because so many of us live in a world of doing, 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 doing. And in that process, there's a lot of personal self-abandonment that happens. And when we abandon ourselves, we abandon our capacity to live from a place of light, from love, a desire to connect and be vulnerable. And so all of these concepts, and most importantly, the operational manual for how it is that you integrate this into your day-to-day is what we're going to be exploring here. So much of what I teach and how it is that I mentor the wonderful, beautiful, amazing women who I work with every day uh, is not new. These aren't new concepts. These have been written about for decades and hundreds of years, thousands of years, um, many of them. So it's, it's less that the concepts are new. And it's more that how it is that we practice being them in our waking life as regular old human beings who are maybe going to work and um, having the difficulties or challenges that life present us. It's all well and good to go on a yoga retreat or your silent meditation retreat or a church weekend getaway with your partner and feel very holy and divine and sacred and loving and at one with the universe and then you get home and within five minutes of walking in the door all of the old patterns and habits come right back up and those old patterns and habits i talk about as your 1.0 self and that 1.0 self is the default part of you it's the part of you that is so practiced and so conditioned to react to live in a state of anxiety or depression or anger or defendedness. Um, The quality of that experience feels very much like being in a tug of war. There's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of blame, blame of others and of yourself. So being hard on yourself in those quiet moments and hard on your partner, rolling your eyes, having the huffy breath, right? Doing all of those things that many of us, I for sure, are very familiar with. And as soon as we drop into that place an hour after yoga class, right, what we're doing is we're practicing the problem. And we continue to practice the problem for many, many hours and days and weeks and months and years and decades. And then what I experience is women show up to work with me and they have been practicing, practicing, practicing the very things that never get them what it is that they want, but they have so much muscle memory that has been conditioned to take them there. And as long as we continue to default back into our 1.0, the 2.0, and your 2.0 self is that, that self that you feel when you're on your yoga mat, that self that you feel when you're in meditation for 40 minutes and you feel connected with something bigger than you, that, that part of you that that has glimmers or moments of a feeling of oneness when you're on top of a mountain and looking at the stars or with your feet in the sand and smelling the ocean breeze, right? That, that part of you that feels so connected that there's no room for blame. There's no room for separation, for scarcity. 
right? And again, I know that this concept is not new. How is it that we weave that in, that we knit that in with the reality of what's happening in front of you, with your family, with your children, with your own healing process, the trauma that you've been through in your own life, right? How is it that you integrate that higher version of yourself while at the same time being the mother, the partner, the wife, the caretaker of your aging parent, the person who handles all of the medical appointments for the family, the person who maybe works and supports the family, all of those regular things of life. Because what I see over and over and over and over again is that we drop that part of ourselves, that 2.0 part of ourselves gets totally abandoned, right, on the yoga mat. As soon as we pick up the phone and start looking at social media, emails, and we just toggle right back into that old conditioned pattern and state. And as long as we keep toggling back into that place, that place is what we will continue to get. I often say it's not that you have a problem, you have a practice. And until you upgrade and up-level your practice, your problem will never go away because you're continuing to condition the same thinking, feeling, doing patterns that you've been practicing for so many years that created the problem to begin with. And so our marriage as our ashram, our marriage shows up for us when we have problems, right? And we go to our therapist or our rabbi or our minister and say, I have this problem. I want you to start thinking about how you have a practice, right? And this conversation and these conversations that we're having in this space, I want to be loud and clear. They're not about how your partner is wrong or broken, nor are they about how you are wrong or broken. It's simply an opportunity to be so deeply curious about what is going on for you and how it is that you have been practicing the same things over and over again and you keep getting the same results. And so as we bring gentle awareness and curiosity to our practices, we can start engaging new musculature, right? The women who I work with are women who are at a place where they know 110% that if they don't make a change now, it's not going to change on its own. And so they are women like you who have been listening to podcasts and reading books and going to therapy and having pastoral counseling and, and doing all the things that we do, right? Reading articles online in order to have the information, which is beautiful, but we're at a time and space in our life where it's not good enough to know. You have to know how. And even knowing and knowing how are not good enough. You also have to practice. And even knowing and knowing how and practicing is not good enough. You have to be able to integrate it by talking about it, by sharing it with your best friend, with the women who you have book club with. Because as you're able to explain what it is that you're doing and how it is that you're shifting, now you're starting to create 
and fire and wire your brain together in new ways. You're starting to create new neuronal pathways in your brain. It's starting to make sense to you and you're laying down a foundation for your transformation, for your change, for your evolution. You're literally evolving yourself. You're becoming a higher version of who you once were. So you're moving out of that 1.0 into a place of 2.0. And in the place of 2.0, you are tremendously powerful because in that place, you're no longer leeching and leaking energy into those practice avenues of anger, resentment, blame, shame, criticism, overwhelm, depression, anxiety, fear, scarcity, need I go on, <laughs> right? Right. And goodness knows that more and more of us need to be out in the streets, in our homes, advancing our entrepreneurial endeavors, whatever they might be, from a place of compassion and kindness and love, which includes being powerful, which includes being fierce and strong and having boundaries. Often when I start talking about things like love and compassion, women hear it as if I'm advocating not having boundaries, which is certainly never the case. Love has a lot of boundaries. If you have children or animals or, or family that you love, you know that love has boundaries. Love says no. And that's good and right and healthy and there's nothing wrong with that. And so in your marriage ashram, what happens is your marriage shows up for you the places where you have been looping in practices that are not serving you, are not serving your life, and you know how I know this because if you have any places in your marriage where you are dissatisfied, disconnected, unhappy, where there's not communication, where you don't feel seen, you don't feel loved, you don't feel passion, all of that is showing up something very important for you. It is your spiritual curriculum. It is your emotional growth curriculum. And it's right there. It's right there. It's already there for you. How cool is that? And please don't get me wrong. None of this is about any kind of belief that you need to stay married and that marriage is somehow better than being single. Because believe me, when you're single, you have a different kind of ashram happening, right? Our life presents to us a really particular growth curriculum if we pay attention to it. In this space, we focus on marriage because so many people who I've had half of my lifetime now serving and, and working with um, are in this framework of long-term committed relationship. And it's a really beautiful place for us to see where it is that we need to learn and grow because we want to often blame our partner and say, well, if he changed, if she changed, if they did something different, if, if he would listen to me, if he would be more willing to connect, if she was more passionate, if she would follow through with what she said. And all of those 
um, grievances, right? There, there may be some truth, and I say that in quotes, right? That your partner's not following through with doing what they said. And I understand that. But underneath that, there's a really rich curriculum for you to pay attention to that has to do with your growth. Where is it that you don't listen to yourself, right? How many women have told me over the last 20 years, I knew I should not have married him the night we got married. And if you are one of those women, and if you find yourself now many years or even decades into a marriage and you feel upset that he doesn't listen to you, my gentle, loving question to you would be, where is it that you don't listen to yourself? Right? And so most of the grievances that you have of your partner, you can write them down and look at how they're true for you, how it is that you might do those things. And again, it's not always exactly lined up, right? Your partner might be somebody who uses substances, and you might say, but Jenny, I don't use substances, right? Well, substance use, among other things, is a boundary issue, right? The inability to have a boundary around something. So I might invite you to look at where is it that you have a hard time holding a boundary around things. And maybe it's not substances. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's your time and you end up walking around feeling like a martyr or resentful because you're baking cupcakes at midnight for the PTA when you know you should have said no, but you didn't because you felt bad. That's a boundary issue, right? And so it requires some discernment and a level of patience to unpack how it is that you're projecting your own growth curriculum onto your partner. But that is exactly what the gift of your marriage ashram is. And if you're willing to open to it, I tell you, it will change your life. You will personally transform. You will have significant spiritual growth and expansion because you will then be doing that growth work, that ashram work in real time, day to day. And you will be practicing living in your 2.0 self rather than falling back into this default mode of your 1.0. And so with all of that, what I would love for you to do is to pay attention to where you're projecting on your partner and you can very simply make a list of the things that annoy you that bother you that have been annoying for years and then I want you to make a second list I want you to look at that first list and then ask yourself very honestly where is it that I do some of these things where do I not listen to myself where is it that I ignore my needs where is it that I'm not passionate You know, I spoke to a woman a couple days ago, and she said, "Um, I wish my husband was more fun. Actually, what she said was, "Um, I wish my husband was more fun. And I said, are you fun? And she said, no, I'm not. (laughs) Right? Right? And so to look at, if I want him to be that, it's all well and good to say to somebody else, you need to change. But for me to really look at, okay, what would it require for me to show up holding that energy of fun or spontaneity or playfulness and who might I be if I started doing that now 
This is your moment to take radical accountability and dig deep into your life where you are in this very moment. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to speak to you more next week. Thank you, really thank you for spending this time with me today. If this conversation has resonated with you, subscribe to this podcast or go over to my website, jennyglick.com and join me for more on living your ashram in your marriage and in your life. And now that the podcast is over, your practice begins. I want you to take what you've learned here with you, integrate it, use it, feel it, become it, and let your life transform. I'll talk to you next week.